I've got one TV with a surround sound setup and one TV in my basement that needed a sound upgrade, desperately. Enter the Sonos Arc. It's a new premium soundbar. Before the Arc, I had issues with sound in my barren basement. The TV is in this little concrete cove and I couldn't make out some dialogue and everything was just a little muffled. It was irritating. But the Arc has a true play tuning software that takes into account the unique acoustics of the given room. And you can turn on speech enhancement to clarify people articulating their desire to find a partner in love on the spectrum. God, I love that show. And I love it even more now. When the TV is off, you can stream music, podcasts, audiobooks, or radio. I'm too lazy to be looking for new music, so I have really loved Sonos Radio. Some of my favorite stations are Rare Grooves, Hip Hop Archive, or just Mainstream. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos Arc today. place to read your emails and your tweets it's wednesday september 30th i'm jay skeets hold on i want to get a word in here i deserve to get a word in here uh jd <laughs> the guy makes a sir, statement let sir, me talk the guy makes a sir i should get a word in here sir alongside shut up man as always you clown tas Mellis. it's not even my name <laughs> we also got the bearded one trey kirby hey hey the international man of mystery taking it to the max. Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Thanks so much to everyone who sent in questions over the last week. Keep them coming, guys. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. Before we get to the first question, a reminder, yesterday we posted our NBA Finals preview podcast. We looked at uh, key questions to the Heat Lakers series, which tips tonight. X Factors um, ultimately made our predictions, which I'm going to tell you right now. Spoiler, shocking, shocking these <laughs> predictions coming from the No Dunks crew. So go check that out. The NBA Finals Preview Podcast posted it on Tuesday. So make sure you get that in before we tip game one tonight. But we got some great, great questions once again here, Tess. Yeah, some fun ones and some newsy ones, just like this first one here. What's up, Dunkarinos? Doc Rivers gone? That was surprising. Is it possible that it was a mutual decision, or is that just spin? And where do the Clippers go from here? Signed, Chili Pete. Thank you, Pete. (laughs) Chili Pete? Does he know Stinky Pete? (laughs) Does does Chili Pete chill with Stinky Pete? I gotta say, that's a fake question. I was thinking, I I made up that name. Fake news! Fake emails! Behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, call me NY Tess. I'm fake news. Uh, I was thinking Pete Chilcutt. You remember Pete Chilcutt? He's a 90s player. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that name, and I, was, I couldn't remember that he's a 90s player. White guy, sported the teal of the Vancouver Grizzlies once upon a time. He's a big guy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm starting with a Stinky Pete, Chili Pete email. And Stinky Pete's friend, 
Skeets is gone all of a sudden. Oh, wow. Uh, He's just walked off. He wasn't happy with you interrupting <laughs> How dare that. you? Yeah. If you're not going to follow the rules, oh, sir, I'm just going to leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy. Uh, you can start us off. We were just talking Stinky Pete, Chili Pete. So yeah. you can go ahead with the Doc Rivers out in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, this was definitely surprising. I think uh, Chili Pete slash Tasmelis is uh, sort of right here. I think this is more spin than a mutual decision. Jovan Buha has the definitive, I think, inside look at what went down at The Athletic, uh, theathletic.com slash no dunks. One dollar a month right now if you want Woo! to read that and get in on the fun. But he had a great breakdown. I guess it was, you know, according to Buha, who's really plugged into the Clippers, it was this accumulation of philosophical differences mm. through the years and then especially recent weeks. So it's it's not as much as, well, they just blew a 3-1 series lead. Get the hell out of here. Because if that was the case, he probably would have been fired or they mutually would have agreed to part ways, you know, 24, 48 hours after the fact of blowing the 3-1 lead. But this was like 10 days later. So Bomber obviously talked to Rivers, I assume. Talk to other people in the front office. Talk to probably his players, uh, his star players in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and said, "Hey, what are you know? Is is Doc the right guy to lead us to a championship? Because that's what we want here." Um, but it is strange because these philosophical points of contention, I guess, between Rivers and uh, and the organization, Bomber, whatever. They might be over Montrez Harrell playing instead of Zubats, and <laughs> then this idea like that Doc maybe doesn't empower his younger players um as much as some other coaches you know infuses them into the uh into into the entire dynamic of a team but that's it's a little weird look doc rivers has been there a long time uh seven seasons with the clippers hasn't had of course a lot of playoff success but i will still say it's very shocking this move because the clippers are a weird what if team right and i don't want to make an excuse for them but 2020 has been a garbage show so it is a bit of a strange situation what if the pandemic doesn't occur for the Clippers, because they appeared to get it rolling there before the break. And then we get into this bubble and they have all these guys arriving late, having to leave, COVID reasons, personal tragedies and stuff like that. So it's just a big what if. I'm not saying the Clippers are going to win the title, but it really sort of threw them for a loop. Though then they were all talking about winning the weight. Remember they were trademarking that? <laughs> I had forgotten about that. But yeah, I, I was just as shocked as I'm sure a lot of people were that they ultimately, Balmer deciding to move on from Doc Rivers, maybe his, uh, you know, his voice doesn't carry the weight it once did, or they see something else where they're like, hey, maybe a Coach Lou, maybe a Cassell, maybe somebody else, for crying out loud, would have made adjustments in that 3-1 you know, uh, meltdown really to, to the Nuggets because we talked about some things that Doc was like really digging his heels in. But strange all around, for sure. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, I was having a laugh reading these reports about Doc Rivers. If the idea is that Zubots and Landry Shamit and Patrick Beverly need to play more, then you're going to stay the Clippers because the problem is that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George didn't show up for the fourth quarter of Game 7. Kawhi looked like he was disgusted to be playing on the Clippers. Mm. And you read these reports. There's another one from Ramona Shelburne. In Jovan Buhas, he says, the Clippers want their next coach to be a high-level game strategist who values progress and innovation seeking any edge possible. They also want a coach who prioritizes player development. Right. Sounds familiar. Where have I heard of a coach like that? <laughs> oh, there's one in Toronto. Then you read this Ramona Shelburne report, and Doc Rivers is saying, we need a vocal leader, and we need a point guard who organizes the offense. Mm. Where have I seen one of those? <laughs> The grass isn't always greener, is what I'm saying. Maybe Kawhi Leonard made a mistake going to the Clippers. Maybe you're right, Skeets. Maybe if we don't have a yeah. layoff due to the pandemic, 
the team is able to build chemistry, but this is a team that had chemistry problems for the entire year. True. Go back and listen to our shows. We're talking about, should we be really thinking the Lakers are the favorite here? Because they look like they're playing together. They look like they're playing everybody. They look like they figured it out. That was never the case with the Clippers. Right. So yeah, it's shocking that Doc is gone because you look at the replacements and you're like, who's actually going to be better than Doc? Uh, that's the hard thing to figure out, but... There are, it's hard also to make an argument for keeping Doc around. Like you're saying, he's been there a long time and he has two of the most notorious 3-1 botches on his resume. Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, according to all reports, again, Buha doing a phenomenal job. This move was made, tasks not with another coach in waiting, right? It's not like, oh, okay, great. We'll get, uh, you know, Mike D'Antoni, for example, or something like that. We'll plug him in right away. Apparently, that's not the case here. It's just like we're moving on from Doc and we'll take our time or figure out who then next steps into that head coaching spot, which I think is a little surprising as well. And I didn't buy into the chemistry issues throughout the season. I thought, you know, if we got to the playoffs, uh, things wouldn't fall apart for the Clippers, that they would come together. And obviously the pandemic played some sort of role. But uh, I do think history did play a part. And I think that is sort of fair when looking at Doc Rivers here. Because if this was his first year to fire him after the bubble, after guys were going in and out of the bubble because they had family issues, then that wouldn't have been fair whatsoever. That I don't think that okay. would have been fair. But you have to consider the history here. He's been there seven years. He was also the GM at one time. So he was fired from that job by Steve Ballmer. Now he's being fired a second time. So there wasn't uh, there wasn't just this one run that we're looking at here. The team didn't come together. Uh, it didn't come together multiple times under the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan era to make to a conference finals. They obviously have the talent. They were up big in games five and game six. And then they lost game seven as well against the Denver Nuggets. They were good enough, but the team had not been brought together. You see that uh, that indicator that, uh, of them not coming together. You, you flash back to them losing that 3-1 lead to the Rockets in the second round years ago. And so you connect those and, and it kind of makes sense. And, and uh, they understand that their window is closing. They have one more guaranteed year of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. When they made all those deals, it was for right. two guaranteed years. So I understand it now looking back at it. It definitely was shocking. But I do think they did... Doc Wright. They let Doc announce it, essentially. Uh, it wasn't the Clippers coming out with this press release. They let Doc say, hey, I'm I'm leaving. And obviously, you know, that's why I included that line about spin in it. Is it just, uh, is it just Doc walking away? Because that's the way it sort of seemed at first. But obviously the Clippers uh, and Doc were done. And it was the Clippers' decision. But I do think that it was sort of a, uh, a high road by the Clippers to let the coach announce it. Because you don't see that very often. And so, I don't know, that's, that's just a tiny yeah. note of appreciation in a world where people just talk over each other and yell over each other. I think this was just a nice little touch uh, to something that they have to do. And, and it's it was a tough situation for, for any coach, I think. Uh, but he wasn't able to meld the, the past era, those guys that Trey sort of mentioned there, and, and Patrick Beverly, even Landry Shamit, Montrez Harrell, and the new era, it didn't work. It, it, it didn't work. And somebody's got to pay for it because they got one year left of these guys. But can someone do a better job than Doc Rivers, as Trey Sadly? That's the real question. Can Lou get them to another level? Can another coach we haven't even thought about yet get to the next level? That's Because Doc Rivers is a great coach. Um, he's obviously well-respected, You know, was with the Clippers organization across the NBA. There's no doubt. Um, and he will get another head coaching job 
instantaneously if he wants it. Maybe he takes a year off. But can somebody else get more out of these guys than I guess Doc did is the real question with all the, again, built-in excuses of what happened in 2020 here. Well, if they can, they've only basically got one year really to get it right as well because both those guys can opt out of their contracts. So there's so much pressure on whoever does come in there. And really, they, they, they have the talent. You guys have talked about it there. But can they get this talent to kind of play together and to, to, to get that chemistry that they need? Because... You know, Tass, you said you didn't buy into those chemistry issues throughout the season, but I think there were several of those, and there were several little moments that kind of made you question just what is going on in that locker room. You know, you go back to Montrez Harrell earlier in the season when he basically said there's things going on, and in, in Jovan, uh, Jovan Buha's article yesterday, he talked about, and he actually had an, uh, a moment there in Philadelphia where Kawhi basically said, why am I out of the game? And uh, and then he, and then Doc Rivers on the fly had to make the change and get Lou Williams in there, and you could just sort of see slumped shoulders, guys just kind of like, not talking to each other. And it was like, this team doesn't seem to really like playing with each other. So whoever that coach is who comes in now has to find a way to get these guys to be all on the same page, to put past them any differences that they've had in the past and go out and play to their potential. Because if they can do that, then the Clippers can go on to win the championship next season. But if they don't like playing with each other and they sort of point the finger a lot, then it's, it's virtually impossible to see how they can get it all together and to go all the way and win the championship. So, yeah, I think you probably want someone who knows these guys a little bit, like a Lou or a Sam Cassell, and he could sort of see what was happening and try to come with a different approach because, uh, you know, a whole brand new voice coming in there without knowing what sort of has gone on in the past, I think it's just it's going to be very difficult to get them to, to sort of come together so quickly. So it's, it's, it's a good job because you've got talent and expectations straight away, but it's a bad job because you've got so much pressure and it's like if it falls apart next season – then you maybe back to the star, uh, back to the drawing board without star players and without draft picks as well going forward. So there's just so much riding on this next season for the Clippers. And from what we saw from the way it ended there, uh, I, I don't feel confident that they can get it together. Even you know the surprising thing is with Kawhi Leonard, we know that he went into the uh, Raptors and he kind of it worked there with him when he went in there and he was a star player and he took him to the title and they gave him everything they needed to with the load management for him to succeed. He leaves, he goes to the same situation where the Clippers are like, we'll do exactly what the Raptors did, give you everything you want. You, you know, We'll hire Uncle Dennis. We'll give you a, a mansion. You can take any game off you want. But ultimately, it, it didn't work at all. And, and I think there's a bigger problem there than just him uh, not playing well in Game 7. So this is, uh, this is a very, very weird situation. You hate to sort of just throw the old cliche out there of like the Clippers being the Clippers, but this is the Clippers being the Clippers. Really I remember uh, during the Lob City Clippers era, you would often say that they take on the personality of Doc Rivers because he's always kind of getting angry and yelling at uh, the referees and complaining about missed calls. Obviously, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were doing the same. Did you think uh, Doc had any influence on the way the Clippers were totally melting down once again? Well, I, I don't think he complains as much as he did. I think they do still complain a lot, the Clippers, and they still, you know, they, they like a lot of teams, you know, when there's a foul goes against them, they throw their arms up. But I think that this time, uh, you know, down when they were up 3-1 and they were up in game uh, five, looking very, very comfortable, to, to blow it from there, to me, you know, you can sort of see sometimes if a team wants to fight for its coach. And I just didn't think they did that. So I think there was well, probably that's, some... Well, I'm glad you brought that up because in uh, Buha's article, he says... It's telling, maybe, that no Clipper player had publicly thanked or defended even Rivers on social media after yeah. the departure. In today's NBA world, that's sort of true. It's it's a little rare. Like, a coach gets fired or leaves, mutually agrees to part ways, whatever however spin you want to put on it. 
And then you see a player or two say, you know, what a coach, what a guy, yeah. here's the Instagram. There was none of that. That's a little surprising, isn't it? It, not? it is. It yeah. is because, as you said, Doc, I would think, looking from the outside, is one of the most well-respected coaches in the league. I, I would think that's fairly uh, a, a common thing to think because he is respected. He has had success playing with stars or coaching stars when he took the Celtics to the championship and they got close again. You know, they finished second there to the Lakers and they also made the conference finals one time. So Doc has had success in the playoffs. You know, he's been to the finals and he feels like the sort of guy who does connect with players. But I, I think like a lot of relationships, after you've been there for a while, it's kind of like maybe it's just time to move on too. Right, but that's the weird part because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have only been they there one year. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we're talking yeah. about Doc Rivers, yeah, with the entire Clippers organization. That's and a with long Ballmer, time. yeah, yeah, but right, but with the star players, I mean, that's why it's surprising that he is canned here or left or whatever. You thought he would maybe get a shot at redemption if you want to spin it like oh, that, right? Absolutely. Like again, absolutely. after this weird year and the bubble, like does he get fired if they make the conference finals and lose to the Lakers? Well, according to the article, possibly. Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean... Because uh, this I, has I, gone back years, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess it depends how you lose, too. Let's say that yeah. you're losing a heartbreaker in Game 7. Maybe not if it's a sweep or something like that, then perhaps. But definitely a weird situation, um, you know, and, and Steve Ballmer, it seemed to be, to me, that he really liked having Doc there because he's more than just a coach, you know. He's very well outspoken. Uh, we heard him with that incredible uh, uh, thing he said after the, after the you know, the... The Republican convention there where he really spoke from his heart. It was one of the most amazing things that I've seen a coach say. And it was beautiful. And it was so articulate. And it was just truthful from what Doc said. So he brings more to the game than just experience. And as a coach, he, he is he is like a father figure, I think, to a lot of young black men who are, uh, you know, trying to make their way in not just the NBA world, but in the world. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, he he's, uh, he's a very, very well-spoken person, uh, someone who commands a lot of respect, but on the basketball court, things just didn't work out in the end there in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, we will see. So who should be taking over here for Doc Rivers? Trey, you want to take a guess? I mean, even a guess at it? You think it will just be Lou sliding over a couple seats? Uh, probably. Ty Lue has the championship pedigree and the player's coach moniker, and he's already there. So that seems to me to be the case. Maybe they try and do the same thing with Sam Cassell. Jovan Buha yeah. mentioned that they're kind of looking for the next coach who can step in and win immediately because that's the plan next year. Right. That's happened with uh, Steve Kerr when he stepped in. He won a championship his first year. Same with Ty Lue. Same Nick with Nurse. Nick Nurse. Yep. Like there's a, there's a pattern there <laughs> that you could try and follow. But the other thing I think is that we are kind of limiting ourselves to the coaching search here of, of coaches who are unemployed. Steve Ballmer is loaded. So literally anyone who coaches basketball is a target right now. Remember how Doc got to the Clippers. They traded for him. They yeah. traded for a coach. The same thing could happen. Mm. What about Phil Jackson? <laughs> no, thanks. No, uh, it's yeah, 2020. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, uh, I, I think Phil's had success in the past, but if, you know, seeing him in the last answer, I don't think he's physically up to the demands of coaching anymore. Like he, he seemed really old and uh, I just can't see <laughs> he's him. Old. I mean, yeah. I was partly kidding, by the way, but just because they could well, throw a few people, $50 though, million dollars at him, maybe no, Phil but Jackson if, takes it. I mean, a few people have kind of mentioned that. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, it's the same with the Brooklyn job before Steve Nash took it. It's like you need that guy who's brought two people who have clashed together have success because right. he did it with Kobe and Shaq. But uh, yeah, I think that ship has sailed. I don't think Phil would be up for it. Tass, what do you think? Who uh, who will be coaching the Clippers next season? Well, this is definitely the most uh, 
the, the, the job that, that everybody wants, the most appealing job that out there right now. And so I, I would think that Ty Lu sort of fits all the bills. He's been there and he's sort of like Nick Nurse in, in that way. You know, he just slides over and takes over. Uh, he's won a championship uh, as a guy who took over midseason. And if LeBron stays in L.A., which he's definitely going to do, uh, Ty Lue can say, we can beat this guy. He can just he can he can give you that confidence, I think, on the bench. Uh, to say this guy is old, we can beat him. So there's a rivalry there. I think this that's that kind of fits, yeah, all the bills uh, or all the, uh, the checks all the boxes. And if you look, you know, now worldwide for a coach or somebody that's different in this situation, I, I I don't think you risk that with this Clippers job that you have one year to make things work. I think you go with a, a known commodity and you just make it happen right from the get go. In another season, that's going to be strange as well. Uh, this isn't this right. isn't going to be a, a regular season here in 2021. So I think you want a, a guy who's been there and done that. And Ty Lue, uh he turned down the Lakers job for uh, because of years and money, but he could take this Clippers job and take on his old friend LeBron James. And if I'm not mistaken, Paul George was almost traded to the Cavaliers right before he went to the Thunder. And that's when Ty Lue was a coach. Mm. Apparently, he would have been fine with him being the coach back then. So maybe the same is true now. Yeah. Um, Have we asked Paul George whether 2021 is a championship or bust season? No, (laughs) it may not be. We've got to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Tough to figure. Tough figure. All right. So, yeah. Way to go, uh, Chili Pete. Thanks for emailing in. <laughs> got us off to a great start here. Really appreciate it, Tass. Uh, all right. Next one. Hey, No Dunks. I own a small coffee shop in Southern California, and it's been a tough stretch, and things have looked desperate at times. But I have both a coffee and basketball-related idea that could generate some buzz, and I trust you guys to give me an honest take. My question is, considering the love Jimmy Butler's big face coffee is getting in the NBA and reports of him filing trademarking claims, what is the likelihood of Jimmy actually pressing legal charges against my business if we decide to parody <laughs> big face coffee at our coffee shop? Is he as competitive as competitive off the court as he is on the court, or do you think he would let it slide because a small local coffee shop needs to do needs to do what they have to do to survive and advance to another day of operation. Hashtag heat culture style. So turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, And for all the listeners, please, for the love of all things, vote. This one from Paul. This one's a real email. So uh, shout out to Paul for uh, a great question here. He's in a bit of a dilemma here. He he wants to, you know, ride the wave of the big face coffee tasks, um, but fears... That Jimmy says, uh, oh, no, we're not doing that. And sues his ass or something like that. What, what, what do, you, do you have advice for Paul here? Uh, Jimmy's got a big face. He's also got bigger issues to deal with than a, a small <laughs> coffee shop, Paul. So if you want to go for it, go for it. Uh, I, th- I worry that it may even be too late uh, for mm, this big face coffee idea. This is it's game one of the finals tonight. This big face coffee thing. I don't know how much of an effect it has on your community in SoCo in Southern California. <laughs> I'm just not sure if how much it really is going to turn things around. I think it's going to be short-lived for only a couple weeks, maybe, if it does affect anything. Uh, and I, I, I'm almost at the point, Paul, where I would say don't do it. Uh, I don't think you want to be a, a gimmicky type coffee shop. I think you, uh, you know, I don't know your clientele. I, I don't know your business plan. But at the same time, where are you going to go from here? I, I, because this isn't going to be something that will carry you into next year and the year after. And I know it's a difficult time, uh, but I don't think this is the answer. I don't think you want to be the shop known as the gimmick shop. Let's find other ways. <laughs> Send me an email. We'll talk business. I can be your consultant, free consulting. 
Uh, and uh, I'll hit you up. Let, let, let's talk about it. There's, there's, there's got to be better disagree. ways. 100% disagree. What's there to lose by throwing up a big face coffee for sale? Make it $20 and see who buys it. <laughs> because it comes... Do it so for that, a week. Who cares? So then you're, you could be a joke. You could be a joke coffee shop. People, <laughs> He's not a joke. Man. He's trying to survive, he said. He needs the money. Someone's going to buy it. That's the thing. Now, it's weird. He is in Southern California and the Heat are playing the Lakers. I'm mm. going to assume a lot of his clientele... Or Lakers fans, but maybe that's the angle here. Maybe that's what he's thinking. I don't know. He didn't really break it down in great detail. I don't, is he just literally just wants to sell a twenty dollar cup of coffee and call it Big Face <laughs> Coffee? I don't know. I uh, mean, maybe it's, it's not- like a, you know, every town will have like a college bar for the University of Wisconsin football team. You go to Redmond's in Chicago to watch the Badgers play the Wolverines. Right. It's the same thing. Big Face Coffee in Southern California. You go there at 6 p.m. <laughs> West Coast time <laughs> to watch the Lakers take the heat and drink your very expensive coffee. Jimmy will sue you, though. He said even if the Heat win so the championship, he's not giving free coffee to anyone. <laughs> but he also says he's not giving free coffee to anyone. Then he gives it to Goran Dragic. So mm. maybe he's just fooling. But uh, you should have just never mentioned it, man. I don't think Jimmy Butler's <laughs> going down every coffee shop in all of California looking for the big face signs. Paul's got to take the shark tank approach here. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Jimmy, Jimmy is the shark and Paul is the guy who's trying to convince him. Because okay. Okay. if his coffee's good then why wouldn't Jimmy see this as an opportunity? Hmm. And he's like, okay, I can kind of bankroll. We can set up a few like uh, franchises around. Oh, a little and brick make and mortar. Big, exactly. <laughs> like make Brick Face Coffee an actual rival to Starbucks and whatever other coffee chains there are out there. I mean, Jimmy's got the bucks. We know he signed that monster contract out there in uh, Miami. So I think there's an opportunity here for the guys to come together. No, they don't have to fight. They don't have to uh, wrangle over the name. Get it out there. Make it actually a real legit product. And uh, I think Paul will be better off for it in the long run. So, oh, okay. So, it, I mean, it is a real legit product, or at least Jimmy is in the, you know, the process with the, the filing of the trademarks and all that. And I think he's got logos and stuff like that on cups. <laughs> like, I, I could I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he does. So, but you want Paul to say, hey, Jimmy, I got a store. Exactly. I mean, we, we can put this, we can just rebrand everything. We can call exactly. this Big Face Coffee tomorrow. Let's go. I'll take a cut. You'll make a bunch of money. Okay, that's yeah. That's a pretty good idea. It's a yeah. nice approach. Mm. Yeah, just rip the heart and soul out of the coffee shop. <laughs> well, listen, you, you can get two sharks in. Get Mark Cuban in as well. He's got the NBA connection. So uh, there, I think there's something there, Paul. Think big. Think big. Okay. Big face. <laughs> Think big face. Yeah, Tass Tass does not want to see like this small local coffee shop sell out by the sounds of it. Hey, Tass. It's what yeah, you're concerned you, about here. What do you guys want to do? You want to go shop at another big box store? Is that, is that exciting to you? <laughs> oh, uh, that's not fun. No, you want big to walk? face store. Big face. Good luck, Keep us posted. A huge, a huge face on the facade. That would be nice. Do it there up, Paul. Do it up. All right, next one. Hey, no Ds. Just seeing a report about Victor Oladipo wanting to move on from Indiana, as well as maybe Miles Turner, too. Where would be the best fit? Who needs Victor the most? I can't think of anyone off the top. That one is from Eshua Kid. Trey, what do you think? Uh, the Pacers could definitely use a Victor Oladipo type. They were missing some scoring off the dribble there in the playoffs when it finally came down to it. Uh, he should stay, continue to be an Indiana guy, and continue uh, to build with the Pacers rather than jump and ship. But he wants to be a star. He wants to be a big-time famous guy. So he's got to go to the Knicks. They need a superstar. There are lots of shots to go around. The guy went on The Masked Singer uh, while recovering from an injury. He wants that media spotlight. He's a handsome guy. He can sing. 
So I think he's got to go to a place where uh, he's going to get some marketing opportunities and and a chance to reestablish himself as an all NBA player. Go to New York. It always works out. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Oladipo in a Knicks jersey. Ta- uh, Lee, you must love that idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> big Knicks the Knicks fan. will take anyone. The Knicks will take anyone uh, if they can just to improve right now. But I actually think he would be a good fit next to Doncic out in Dallas because he can play off the ball. He'll still get his opportunities to be the man when Doncic is resting. He's a creator and he can close games. He's a good defender. So if you've got another guy out there who's not going to demand the ball out of Luca's hands but can still hit those threes and score for himself, I think that's what the Mavericks need. There's someone who can complement Luca without demanding, you know, without taking the ball out of his hands. So because that's what we saw as well from the Mavericks at the end of games. It was kind of like Luca had to do everything. Now, Chris Tapps was injured a little bit there as well in the playoffs, so that didn't really uh, that didn't help the cause. But I think when you look at guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Finney Smith, uh, you know they're okay, but they they more just sort of catch and shoot guys. They can't really create for themselves. Oladipo can, so I think it's not a bad little uh, fit next to him. And again, defensively he's good enough. He, so he's he's not a huge guard, but I think he's uh, I think he'd be okay fit there. And that's what they're looking for. I think is that third person out in Dallas who will uh, complement the stars, but then will have his opportunities as well when you stagger their minutes and when the other guys are resting, that he can go out there and get his buckets. So I think he'd be a good fit out there. I think now, let, Let's point out here, though, that Oladipo and Miles Turner, they're not like un- unrestricted free agents yeah. here as we head into free agency. Like, obviously moves would have to be made, and I agree with Trey. Like, I wonder if the whole Nate McMillan f- firing is related to any of this at all. Like... You know, some some possibility of like, hey, we don't want to be here if Nate is the coach, and they're like, oh, okay, okay, well, look, we'll find someone else, we'll get you someone else to make this work. But yeah, Oladipo's name's been up in trade rumors for a while now. It feels like he's always linked to the Heat or uh, you know, possibly the Celtics. Even Miles Turner's name's being linked to the Celtics. We talked about them maybe needing a center. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder if that whole firing of McMillan is related to all of this sort of uh, unrest between some of these star players, maybe wanting out of Indiana. I you know, I think Jared Weiss of the Athletics sort of broke this, right? That Oladipo was looking um, to to want out of Indiana. Who knows how serious that actually is? I believe Jared Weiss. I think he's plugged in. But uh, ooh, this is a rough, rough couple, uh, I don't know, weeks, months here for the Indiana Pacers with like lose, losing in the playoffs, losing their coach, and then possibly having some of their star players wanting to hell out, Tess. Well, it's there, where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I do think with Victor Aldebo, this has gone back for years where there has been talk about him wanting to leave. Uh, he is a great player when healthy. On both ends. In 2018, he was an all-defensive player. And he was a superstar uh, in the making where he fought um, LeBron James to a seven-game series. That was the last time he was healthy. That's the question. Can he be healthy? And uh, if he wants to go somewhere else, like it sure feels like he does, then he can be a number two, three for a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, but the, the question is, is he going to be anywhere close to that? And so, yeah, the Mavs surely make sense. Uh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks would make sense as well. They stole one of uh, the Bucks guards in Malcolm Brogdon once upon a time. Give him one back uh, in Victor Oladipo. There's there's lots of trades. You want to bring back an IUPUI guy? Trade him for George Hill, uh, Brooke, Lo- <laughs> Brooke Lopez, and uh, Dante DiVincenzo. That works. Uh, he, if, if It really feels like Victor Oladipo is going to go somewhere in a year when he can become a free agent. It just doesn't feel like... Uh, Nate McMillan or not, it, this has been going on for way longer. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure where this Miles Turner thing comes in, but uh, 
if you're if you're the Pacers, you want to get an asset back. Uh, you know, I I definitely don't know if he's leaving imminently, but this has been going on for a long time, mm-hmm. and who knows if he's going to get back to a hundred percent. There's there was the whole thing of whether or not he was going to play in the bubble or not, uh, and now you're at a point where you got one year left. People don't generally come to Indiana as free agents. It might be time to move on. Uh, even Bledsoe uh, and Dante DiVincenzo would work from the Bucks. Give it a shot. Why not? You need assets, so make a deal. My goodness. Yeah, he actually is a shockingly movable contract. Like uh, you immediately think, oh, this guy's probably a thirty million plus guy because we guys talked about like all NBA status, but. It's a very respectable, like twenty-one million, isn't it? Twenty million type of guy. So it's you can you can make that happen if you if he's hell bent on like I'm not going to be resigning here, so you might as well trade me. Um, but man, this sucks for Pacers fans. <laughs> this has been a bad little run of it. But you At think least he'll they be- had T.J. Warren for those few weeks? Oh, right, he was balling. Right, Remember right, that? Right. Yeah, that was fun. feels like a hundred years ago that T.J. Warren could have <laughs> yeah. been the bubble MVP. Feels a long, long time ago. You're not wrong about that. All right, well, we'll see with Oladipo here, whether or not he's playing for the Pacers next season or he's traded in this weird offseason. Next one here, hey, No Dunks crew. I was catching up on the last two Beach Steppin' episodes and was amused in a manner similar to Skeet's when Lee delivered an enjoyable piece of Jamario Moon trivia. Namely, that Moon was the only player to play with Bosch, Wade, and LeBron individually. I was interested by this piece of trivia to pass it along to my friend Johnny. In the form of a question. <laughs> so he asks his buddy Johnny here, you know, a little trivia question. His first guess was Jason Capono. I looked into it, and sure enough, Capono fits the bill. I advised that there were actually two correct answers and asked him to guess the other one. His second guess, Sean Marion. And yep, that too is correct. <laughs> I hate to, but actually the international man of mystery, but actually it gave me a reason to email in. So I don't feel too bad about it. Finally, my question for all of y'all. Can you recall a time where you took a piece of information from an authority as fact, only to be proved wrong at a later time? I've been a big fan of yours, uh, content for years. Thanks for all you do. That's from Oliver in Winnipeg, Manitoba, up in Canada. So, Lee, why don't you, why don't you address, yeah. uh, address this Moon Capono Marion thing here first? Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out this Jason Capono connection because I don't see... He played on all three teams. That's the connection. Yeah. But when? Like, he never played for Cleveland. and uh, oh, oh, 2003. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that year. I'm looking. I, I sort of I overlooked that. I'm going, I see Miami, Toronto, Philadelphia, the Lakers. Yeah, Capone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay. yeah. Well, hey, good, good on you, man. Thanks, great. I mean, you know, it was. Just I mean, one you were those... you were only wrong in the sense you said Moon was the only player to do it. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I think you guess he was the first one as well. And I mean, it wasn't like I was like, this is it. I confirm. I was. I was sort of speculating as I was answering. Anyway, yeah, I was like, okay. I think that's right because I remember seeing it was one of those trivia questions. But then because Jamario was out of league and he came back in, and you know, he bounced around a bit. So yeah. And uh, by the way, it's not but actually. It's well, actually. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, actually, to butt actually, oh, wow. I love it. Oh, wow. it's fair. So, Oliver it's fair, from Oliver. Winnipeg. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, do you yeah. have a do you have an answer to the question that he ultimately gets to? Well, I, I guess for me it was um, when I uh, when I moved out of home and I started traveling around and uh, I told my mum and dad I said uh, I'm going to New York for uh, New Year's Eve for Christmas and New Year's Eve. 
And mum was like, oh, that's great. It'd be cold. And, you know, and I was like, dad. So in, in, it's growing up in Australia in the 90s as well. New York had a reputation for being just like the most dangerous city in the world, you know, sure. from the TV shows. And it probably was, you know, and it got cleaned up a bit. And I just remember dad saying, well, you want to be careful in New York. I mean, they've got guns on the street and there's no police. And I was like, oh, Okay. So when I got to New York, I remember I arrived you at the airport. Gun, I thought <laughs> well, I arrived at the airport. I arrived at the airport, and I was just so like, "All right, I'm, right. I'm, someone's going to shoot me here or stab me or something." <laughs> I jumped on a bus, went to my hotel room, and I got up and I was looking out. And then the next morning, I woke up and I got prepared. I had like a money belt oh, yeah. under like my t-shirt. <laughs> I had a shirt over the top of that. Then another one. I had some cash in my pocket for when I get mugged. I give that to the mugger. <laughs> oh my god. I had my passport. I had my. I think I had my passport in the locker safe, and I had like this crazy, like eight-digit combo to get in. And I was like, I had to write it down, but then I had to keep that with me so I knew what it was. Put that in my sock. And then, uh, okay. and then, yeah, when I get out on the street, and I was like, oh, okay, it's not too bad. By the end of my stay there, like four or five days later, I was just walking around eating hot dogs off the street. You know, just like, yeah, this is nothing. I mean, this is great. So. <laughs> Little, little street meat, eh? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was. Oh man, those hot dogs. Yeah, they were great. Time two bucks for a hot dog. I had about ten of those. <laughs> Started putting hot dogs in your money belt, walking around. Carrying one come. in my pocket just in case somebody yeah, asked. I, I, I haven't dogs. got any money. There you go. Hey, give me all your money. Pocket dogs, sir. Yeah, that'll do. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. But but man, the, uh, the like when that when that plane landed, I landed into Newark. I remember. I was just like, all right, here we go, here we go. This could, this could be it for me, but uh, I'm going to go out fighting if I do. How, how old are you? I was like 22, 23. Oh, so, and you just went to New York by yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I so I was in California because I have some family oh, out there. okay, okay. And then I decided, well, I'm close and it was uh, New Year's Eve in Times Square, something I always wanted to do. So I was like, So did right. you go to it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was did awesome. you wear a diaper? Did I what? Wear a diaper. No, no, no. A lot that, of people are wearing diapers out yeah, there, apparently. It's so it's funny. It's funny <laughs> you got to stand up there for six hours. Yeah, I know. We were out there for like four hours waiting for the ball to drop, and it was freezing cold, and we'd had dinner and stuff like that. And I was just sort of like, oh, man, like, what's going to happen? But uh, yeah, I, I survived. I survived. All right. It was great. Well, just took a quick pee in your money belt and threw it around your waist. By that time, I just flung the old money belt on the bed at the hotel. Oh, yeah, who cares? Passport was everywhere, yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. So you're saying that by day yeah. three. I even went to the Bronx. I was, I was hanging out in the Bronx. It was oh, great. Wow. Nice. <laughs> uh, good point from Brad Beats it in the YouTube chat who says, California, notoriously <laughs> close to New York. Well, I thought, I thought at first Lee was like, Hey, uh, hey, fun dick and mommy, I'm going to New York for uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, but I no, thought but you were like literally leaving Australia to go to New York. No, for, like, no, so, so that's a thing. So from Australia, yes, it's miles away. But look, I was in London at the time, so I was like, well, I might as well go to California. No, that first. makes a little and then more on, sense. And then yeah. you got to fly back via New York, basically, anyway. So that's okay. what I did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Shut up, Brad Beatson. Don't be a clown. <laughs> uh, does anyone else have an answer? You know, when they took a piece of information from an authority uh, figure as fact, only to be like, uh-oh, that, that's straight up wrong. Try again. I was on the streets oh, of New York, and uh, I th the guy told me it was a hot dog, but not sure if that was a hot dog or not. The guy asked me if I was a fan of conscious hip-hop, and I said, absolutely, sir. <laughs> and next thing I knew, I had 100 CDs. And these were not good music, it turned out. Yeah. Well, do you have an answer, Trey? 
The only thing I could think of for this was when uh, Bruno Caboclo was drafted, you know, we didn't know a whole much about him yet, and we were trying to figure out exactly how to pronounce his name so we would get it right on TV. And the person who actually told us how to pronounce Bruno Caboclo's name, surprisingly, was our makeup artist. We're like, is it Caboclo? Is it Caboclo? You know, we're trying to figure out the correct pronunciation. She just chimes in. Uh, It's Caboclo. And we all took it 100% to heart and have said it that way ever since. And she was 100% right. So shout out to Maxie. Yeah, the doodads. She was right. What What do you have? Do you have an answer, Tess? Nah. No, nothing. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, since uh, since this uh, story... <laughs> so yes or no, man? <laughs> well, come on, man. We got to move on. We just had a 10-minute diatribe here. Well, uh, we have like 40 billion questions No, here. we don't. No, oh, we don't. Yeah. You I like, I like got, like, I'm the moderator here, not you, sir. No, not get you. out of here, Chris Wallace. It's going to be an hour and a half long. Uh, nah. Do you have it? No, nah. nothing. Nah. Okay, nah. we'll move nah. on. California's far from New York. Just okay. figure that out. <laughs> okay. Direct flight, though. Oh, by the way, actually, I was even lucky to get on that flight out of uh, California because it was snowing so bad. Here we go. What? Flights, flights were delayed. In California? Uh, yeah, flights. They weren't flying any. Uh, they The flights were delayed, and I eventually did get on because I was flying by myself. That's always a good thing to fly by yourself because yep. they can always fill that one seat. But if there's more than one person, it's like, sorry, you get stuck. Right. So fly by yourself when you can. It's great. Okay. That, that's... That's, that's it? it. That's Done. the story? Oh, God. Cool story. <laughs> oh, my God. That was maybe your worst one yet. I was on a flight that was delayed. <laughs> but I got off. I, got off. I, just, I just remember because I was like, oh, maybe I won't make it. But I did. Whoops. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, let's, let's take a break. Tass is right. We're running out of time. Uh, but let's quickly get a word from our sponsors. Oh, you caught me off guard there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I know. Ow. I was actually literally falling asleep there. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, let me let me go to my solo here. There we go. Okay, DraftKings. Hey, guys. Well, tonight's the night. We started with thirty teams almost a year ago. Crazy. Then we had 22 teams in a bubble, and now we're down to the final two teams as they face off in the showdown to end all showdowns. And the winner will be crowned basketball's champion. Yep, basketball's champion. You're probably wondering, how can I get in on the action? Well, the answer is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate basketball's championship, DraftKings will have millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs all week long, so get in on all the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick six players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN, that's R-U-N, to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN and get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next one. Dear No Dunkers, who says Joe? It's 10 minutes before your weekly pickup games. You get a call that your buddy can't make it. You have both Joe Ingalls' phone number and Joe Johnson's phone number. Who you call in to fill in? Who says Joe? That's from Eric. Skates, who are you calling? Joe Ingalls or Joe Johnson? Well, Tess, you know the answer is actually Joe Kim is who I'm calling (laughs) for our basketball pick and run. Shout out to Joe Kim. He's playing hoops with him up in Toronto. Um, This is a good question. I I put a lot of thought into this. I'm leaning towards Joe Johnson. We got enough people that, that are shooting the three in our type of runs, right? We don't need Ingles out there as well, jacking from three. Joe Johnson's going to give us a little mid-game range, which I like. He's also older. That helps, you know, because we're old. Joe Johnson, I think, is 39. Ingles got to be 32. Um, obviously, a little bit younger than Joe Johnson. I will say, though, what type of run is this? Is this the type of run where we're going out for beers after? Um, because maybe then I lean towards Ingles. You know, I'd like to have a pop with him after the game. But if this is just like, hey, let's get let's get a sweat in, competitive, competitive run, I think Joe Johnson is my pick. The Armadillo Cowboy, I want him out there. But you can't go wrong with either Joe or Joe Kim, to be honest. <laughs> you nailed uh, it, Skeets. For me, it comes down to if this is just a straight-up pickup game, I want Joe Ingles. He's got a hilarious personality. He's not going to be trying to take over. You're just going to be having fun with Joe Ingles out there. But if you're playing in like a rec league championship okay, and you yeah. need a ringer, Call Joe Johnson because yeah. he's got clutch shots for days. He's just super boring. You wouldn't want to be hanging out with him. Oh, you'd be happy to have him taking the last shot for your team. Yeah, yeah you're going to win with Joe Johnson on your squad. Yeah, that's a good question, though. What do, what do you got there, Lily? Well, I'm obviously going with Jingles, but do you guys remember that Joe Johnson was actually on the Pistons roster at the start of this season, 2019 2020? Oh, he signed, wow. doesn't he? I don't think he played any games. I think he got waived there, but uh, he kind of got a the- deal off of uh, the big three, right? Yeah. Like he was doing his Joe Johnson thing, hitting exactly. game winners in the big three. They're yeah. like, let's mm-hmm. try it out. Yeah, I uh, so I, I think, look, Joe Johnson, yeah, he was clutch. He had some big moments, so he, he'll certainly still be able to do those in a uh, pickup game. But uh, I've, I've got to go with my Aussie Joe Ingles, don't I? I mean, I want, I want Joey out there. He's great. He's uh, awesome. You can't you can't have two Aussies in the same pickup game. You can only have one. That's a rule. Can Joe Johnson play five on five? You got me thinking now. Yeah, he's all about that three on three life. That might be tough for him, Tass, to get up and down the floor. Not that we're speed demons or anything, but uh, who do you pick? Joe Johnson or Joe Ingles? It's not a question. I'm taking Joe Ingles. Oh, that's uh, wow. not even it's not even a question. I want to touch the ball a little bit. I don't want Joe Johnson just shooting every single time no thank you uh joe ingles you say he's 32 and he's younger so that helps yeah. uh you with your joe john i mean joe ingles plays like a a young guy he's an old guy at 32 <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just walking up and down the floor uh i'm, joe I'm taking ingles joe ingles in a heartbeat destroy us that would be of amazing course. that'd be awesome yeah. <laughs> you imagine he would be the ultimate ringer though trey really because That's you look at point. joe ingles you're like Pfft. Who's taking that guy? He's going dra- he's drafted last. And then Why'd they bring a 45-year-old like man? Yeah, right, right. Oh, man, great question. Fantastic question, Eric. Uh, who says Joe? Let's hear from the people. We'll have to put a poll up. That'll be a great poll. Uh, you know, set the scene, pick up run. Who are you calling? Ingles great, or yep. Joe Johnson? That, that's a fun one. I can't wait to see uh, how, uh, how we vote on that one. All right, next one here. Hey, no dinks. My wife is becoming quite the NBA fan. 
partially due to the success of the Nuggets, which is her team of choice because they are called the Nuggets. But if it's not the Nuggets playing, she often falls asleep during the game. So I was thinking about all the wives and girlfriends sleeping on the couches while NBA games go late. There is a hashtag stand with skeets, but what about a hashtag napping with Nora? A hashtag for all the partners sleeping or just chilling during games their partner is invested in. Wanted to hear your thoughts. Turnips, lettuce ties, peaches. That's from Alex in Pennsylvania. Um, There is no hashtag napping with Nora there, Alex. We're not, you know, first off, when I'm watching a Raptors game or watching an NBA game, Nora is not watching usually with me. Yeah, Raptors games maybe, but, uh, you know, we... We got two TVs in the house, you know, it's a (laughs) hell of a setup here. I can watch one thing, she can watch another thing. But I take a little offense to this, too. There's a lot of women out there, and I like to hear that your wife, becoming a Nuggets fan, they're going to be invested in these games, too. There's a Raptors, all-women's Raptors podcast, for crying out loud. Dishes and Dimes, shout out to them. So you know they're invested. They're not napping. Uh, Maybe their boyfriends or, you know, husbands are the ones napping in that scenario. So, yeah, I, I, uh... We don't nap in this house either. We don't. It's just a thing we don't do. Though I will say, since getting a puppy, <laughs> I've had a couple naps. You know, you have that nice little hour there where the puppy's maybe in the crate and you're exhausted because you've been up all throughout the night like a baby. You guys have actually kids. Um, so I've uh, I have uh, added some naps to my game recently because of the puppy. But no, we're not watching. To we're not generally watching the games together. So there will be no hashtag napping with. Uh, with Nora. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. And she's definitely not napping because she's taking a photo of you in front of the TV. <laughs> right. I guess someone's got to do that really quickly. You're right. It's like, and hey, then, hey, you got to time it. Nora, don't take the photo when the Celtics are on the screen or something like that. You know, I want to see a Raptor on the screen if you can, or at least the jump ball. Um, she's mastered that, so don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. But then, but then she's not watching, like I said. <laughs> Nor is she napping for sure. Yeah. Maybe earlier on, maybe in 2009 or 2010, yeah, I mean, 2011, when we were doing this, maybe she was watching, but now she's done with that. Yeah, uh, I mean, she couldn't yeah. care less. Yeah, again, I outside, mean, outside of the Raptors. If you're going to sleep when NBA basketball games are on, it's not napping, it's nighttime. You're going to bed. Yeah, you're going yeah, to sleep. True, too. Sleeping with my sweetie. Well, maybe. okay, well, maybe not during the bubble when we had games on all day. Yeah, that's true. Could, that's you know, true. I think, Lee, I think Lee was taking some naps, actually, during the bubble games. Oh, yeah, I had right? I, I, I nap. Probably five days a week, I get at least some sort of a nap in. I'm a napper. Yeah, yeah. you're a napper. Yeah. yeah do you, a, now, do you stick to like a, a twenty minute lapper. nap or a thirty minute nap? Nah. Or you I, just, wow. I leave it up to the napping gods. Yeah, because wow. sometimes it's only ten or fifteen <laughs> minutes, and other times you'd be like, "Oh my god, I was down for an hour." Then, so yeah, Ooh. I just uh, yeah, you feel better after a nap, you know. Yeah, I see. I don't. I. I mean, I used to not. I've, I'm as I get older, and again, as I'm waking up throughout the night. Now I. Now I'm throwing them into the mix. But I generally don't feel better after a nap because well, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge. When I wake up, I got to shower and get like reinvigorated and stuff like that. So that's why a nap can be difficult for someone like me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's when I wake up, I'm just like groggy. I gotta yeah. like get well, it. Well, yeah. They say that's a thing. You can't get into the super deep sleep when you nap. You just gotta yeah, have the light. That's my sleep. problem. I think yeah. I fall to a deep sleep instantaneously. Yeah. 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 We're getting a cool story, bro, or not? Uh, <laughs> Alex asks the question, man. Um, you said hey, I'm you said all you're... about nap stories. I love them. You're never going to get a cool story, bro. <laughs> you, just, you look like you just woke up from that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I shouldn't have watched that debate last night. I did not sleep oh, at all, so uh, I will uh, be napping uh, today. And speaking of uh, speaking of 
disengage spouse disengagement i have a next level story for you this may be a cool story bro but last night rachel was looking at our instagram uh, account and uh, she noticed our uh, our t-shirts here turn up love you guys awesome she she said what is that what is what is that what does that mean what is turn up love you guys awesome it's right what are we hundreds of episodes we have of <laughs> ending the show with the Clipper bros. Tear up. Love you guys. Awesome. And she had no idea what it was. No clue what it was. So I was just like, you know, it's a miracle. She's even following the Instagram account, yeah. but, but it's just like, wow, you just don't care. It's put this roof over your head and you just have no idea what I do. Do you? <laughs> Anyway, did, did you explain it to her? Uh, yeah, a long time ago, there was an interview with these two random drunk Clippers guys. We played it every episode. Yep, I went through the whole thing. She's like, oh, and she gave me this cool story, bro. <laughs> I thought you were, were going to get into a dream you had during a nap because oh, nobody wants oh. to hear about people's dreams. Oh, but then you could take it to another level. A nap dream, everybody wants to hear about that. Hey, hey, are we concerned? I mean, we had uh, I think his name was Paul, right? With the the concern about doing the big face coffee and being sued by jimmy are we concerned that the clipper bros are going to sue us for the for the turn up shirt? Uh, send them a t-shirt they'll love it all right send them a t-shirt and uh what was it uh the pope of what's that the the, the vodka <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, i'm charismatic i tried to listen now <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, Paul wanted a big face coffee. Coffee, Lee, you just said you're a Napa. I like. He's out in California. Why not a big face Napa? A wine, a big face Napa. I think. I I think you got something there, Paul. Expand the line. Go big. Go big. (laughs) You want him to turn his coffee shop into a yeah into selling wine? All right, that's an interesting twist. Uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, twist cap. Twist cap, too, yeah. with why. No one wants a cork anymore. <laughs> Just breaks every time, right? For me, anyways. All right, next one. What's up, Dinkies? I've been listening to you fellas for about two years now and have loved <laughs> every dunkies, minute of it. That says dunkies, doesn't it? That says dunkies. It's all dunks. Uh, and after these two years, I think the thing I enjoy most about your podcast is when you get deep into non-basketball topics. (laughs) This is the show for you, man. Don't get me wrong. Your analysis and commentary of what happens on the court is great, but when Trey starts talking about ripping lips, Skeets relives his time on a tree farm, Tass hypes up hippos flicking poop, and Lee goes off on a tangent about Lord knows what, that's what gets my engine revving. So my question is, what is something you love for its secondary entertainment value? The thing that might not have made you come, but the thing that made you stay. Hashtag classics only. Hashtag y'all don't miss. Hashtag to the skin. That's from Nick in Kansas City. Uh, thanks for the email, Nick. Uh, I'm going to cheat with this one, uh, but my pick is Jesus and Marrow. I don't watch them for current affairs takes. But that's what they do. The thing is, I, I come for the jokes, but they're making jokes about current topics, pop culture, etc. So it's kind of it's kind of their main shtick, right? Right. Uh, but I'm there for the jokes. I'm not really there for the takes. Either way, they're hilarious and they're available everywhere. I was worried when they went on Showtime. Where are they going to go? Are they going to be available? They're still available everywhere if nice. you have access to the internet. So Jesus and Marrow is is my pick. Uh, I'm sort of similar with my answer. I'm sort of cheating, I think, a little bit. Uh, I love game shows. I love watching game shows. Uh, it's easy watching, and I like 
sort of being engaged with obviously the content and like with a game show you're trying to answer you know whether you're playing jeopardy or whatever family feud similar of course i'm trying to guess the answers you know that's part of the fun it's part of the main reason why i watch it but then the secondary entertainment value is just the straight up hilarity of the teams uh steve harvey and the answers the answers what they put up now on the board for like i don't know instead of saying like I don't know how to describe it, but, like, they just come up with the funniest terms for, like, poop and boogers and stuff like... And, like, sex positions. Like, they do not care. They have leaned all into putting up a hilarious line up on the board. And it gets me every time. I share a lot with Trey Kirby and uh, and some of our other buddies. I watch a lot of Family Feud. It's, uh, it's on at the perfect time for me. You know, it's, like, sort of dinner time. Uh, and it's an easy watch, like I said. But, uh, oh, my God. I love the game show portion, but I, I, I crack up laughing... I swear to God, like twice a show, uh, they just knock it out of the park. Again, either the answers or what they put on the board or Steve Harvey and his reactions, it's gold to me. So Family Feud, but similar to what you're sort of saying. I guess that's part of the main reason you watch it, but it's also secondary to me. Tell me if I'm crazy, Skeets, but I think Steve Harvey is in the conversation for best Family Feud host of all time. He's at least got a set at the table. He's got a, he's, he's the head of the table, if you ask me. And I've oh! watched a lot of Feud, yeah, yeah. What about that guy that just kissed everybody? Uh, guy. <laughs> Kissing guy. Yeah, no, no Richard no, no. Dawson, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I feel like they've had there was mostly Ray. good hosts for Family Feud, except for Louie Anderson. Wasn't a big Louie Anderson Ooh, fan, wow. but apparently he raised the price money. Louie knows what's up. Oh, I forgot about Louie Anderson, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Break the Hey, I don't like that guy's voice. I, no, I, I was uh, this is a very quick, cool story, bro. But I'm interested to hear if we were ever on feud, would we do this? And what your take is? You know, you get the two people up at the front. You know, you got to answer to get the highest answer, right? The best answer on the board. And generally, when you get the highest answer, Steve asks you, um, "Well, do you want to pay or play or pass?" Ninety nine percent of the time, they say we'll play. Right? I was watching the other day, and they said, "No, we're gonna pass." And Harvey's like reaction to that was like the bit like he was disgusted that somebody was passing and not playing. It was amazing, and you don't see it often. You really don't. And uh, I actually think it ended up working out for them, though. They ended up getting the you know they the three X's, and then they got the final one of the final ones and stole it. But uh, you don't see that often. All right, cool story, bro. On that one, but I could talk feud all day. Cool story, bro. Yeah, I could talk feud all day. Do you guys have answers for this, though, uh, Trey or Lee? Uh, my my answer is uh, I used to just love watching Greg Popovich's pre and post game scrums just for the entertainment value. You know, I didn't want to hear about his X's and O's. I just wanted mm. to hear the sarcasm and the and the biting remarks for the uh, questions that he deemed inappropriate or just silly. So yeah, right. that's it. Yeah, he, he's go. kind of uh, he's kind of eased up a bit though in the last year or so. He hasn't been quite the same. He still has a, a zinger every now and again, but uh, about five or six years ago was when he really peaked. Every every single time he had something for some of his reporters who followed the team around too most of the time. So yeah, I love them. I still love Pop. Yeah. Oh, geez, what was that? Everybody all right? Yeah, I just, just taking a nap. I, no, I just popped something there. Oh. Pop. <laughs> what do you what do you got, Trey? Uh, more TV talk. Uh, I don't know if I watch Great British Bake Off for what the cooking is, what the baked goods are, or if it's just to see Noel Fielding and what he's wearing every single week. I love that guy. It's like I'm never going to make a tart. I'm never going to figure out a way to make a tiered cake. But I could wear a hilarious shirt. I could maybe wear a pair of platform heels and wicked tight pants. I just like seeing that guy, and I'm happy he's on TV again. 
Oh, that's a great one. Nora noticed, I don't know if it was Netflix or, or one of the other streaming platforms. She noticed the other day, Trey, there's a category called gentle British reality television. Because <laughs> there's so many of oh, these. Oh, man, yeah. And, and it, it, it is a great form of reality television because it's so kind. Uh, oh, man, It's not yeah. as cutthroat. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, they're all rooting for each other. Yeah, they're all yeah. supporting each other. Like... On an American reality show, you're guaranteed to hear, I'm not here to make friends within the first two episodes. On Great British Bake Off and all these other uh, British slow reality TV, they're like friends within 10 minutes. They're like oh, best buds for a lifetime. It's awesome. Yeah, and you start to feel for those people and they start leaving too. It's a, it's a great uh, genre mm-hmm. of reality TV. I love all those shows as well. All right, we've got one more question here before we wrap it up. Guys, what's up? NDC, first time, long time. I think we can all agree that Lily is the absolute master of committing so earnestly to a lengthy, meandering story with seemingly little payoff to the point that it becomes entertaining again, as evidenced by his passport story uh, that was recent and as evidenced by a couple in this one here as well. My question is, have any of you found yourself in a situation where what you were doing just didn't seem to be working but you kept your commitment and willpower until it worked out. Love all you guys, like my own buddies at this point. Turnip, love you, Ty. Lawson. Ooh, nice. That's from Zach in Michigan. Um, so, Trey, why don't you get us started? Have you ever had this uh, scenario happen? Oh, totally. Preferring Jimmy Butler over Paul George has been <laughs> a tough one. It's uh, the living embodiment of there's that clip from a kid playing a high school football game. He's like... Ain't gonna lie, they had us in the first half. <laughs> Things weren't looking good for the Paul George versus Jimmy Butler. Butler stands, but uh, it all came around finally in 2020. Jimmy just had to uh, destroy relationships with three franchises <laughs> before finally ending in the perfect place, but it's all gravy now. Oh man, yeah, now, and you got the Heat winning the title. If that happens, oh, you're, oh. On, ne- you're on the next level there. You'll never, you'll never hear the end of it. Paul George will be toast. They'll never Ooh. be able to come back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, He's going to come back. He's going to come back in 2021 and win the title. Oh, my goodness. Paul George. Uh, what do you got, Tass? Uh, well, mine just happened last night, actually, uh, during that fantastic debate we were all watching. I saw a cockroach hanging out um, by my TV, actually, on the Yeah, on Joe the Biden wall. was debating him, wasn't he? Oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh! Uh, and uh, I saw him. I thought I had him. I had him cornered. I uh, got him. He was sort of up on a little bit of a landing. Uh, you know, you guys know where my TV is on a fireplace. Yeah. On the landing, it's in a bit of a corner uh, behind a tchotchke. I removed all the other excess tchotchkes. I had him. Just, just me and him. It's just me and you, man. Right. Uh, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he breaks free. I miss with one swat, miss with another swat, and he jumps into a plant. Uh, he got there so quickly, and the problem with this plant is I never repotted it from its original buy. So I threw it in another plant. It's basically a double ball plant, and that cockroach can live within those two walls of that plant. So I just waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I shook that plant, and I shook that plant, and he didn't want to come out. <laughs> Don't worry. I got a long time here. This debate's going to be a while. So I waited, me and him, me and him, stare down. Uh, finally, he came out after I removed the plant. He came out. Bang! Got him with a kid's shoe. <laughs> nice. Done. Me oh, and that man. cockroach. Settled it. <laughs> wow. How great uh, would it be to have Mike Breen in your house when you're killing a cockroach? <laughs> <and you laughs> finally smack it! Bang! <laughs> uh, I've got a cool story, cockroach bro uh, story, too. Um, Go on. So I used to respect cockroaches because apparently they've been around since before dinosaurs, right? 
and they can survive a nuclear explosion, they say. Right? That's pretty resilient. That's pretty resilient. Right? Yeah. And in our house, we have like some environmentally friendly cleaners, you know, like they're yeah. not the strongest in the world. You know, you gotta you gotta really pump them. Like it's kind of frustrating, but you try to do your bit to help the environment. And I uh, saw a roach one day and I had this environmentally friendly spray. And so I hit the roach with it and I'm thinking, ah, this environmentally stuff's not going to do much, (laughs) especially against a thing that can survive a nuclear explosion. (laughs) One tiny spray, the roach flipped on its back. Like, are you kidding me? There's no way these guys could survive. How can they survive this long and have that reputation if this piss-weak little uh, spray kills him instantly and it flipped on his back, he gave up, didn't even fight. Wow. So he was there. I got the I got the kid's shoe out as well and finished the job. And I'm like, Bang! Oh my God, <laughs> I used to respect the roach. No more. Wow. No more. I think they've got great PR. Whoever's mm. behind their PR has sold it to the world that like these boys can survive anything. You don't He's think he was, was he just playing dead for you? Thinking that maybe you'd walk away. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he had enough time because I had to go and get the shoe because I didn't have one oh. handy. I had to mm. walk like five steps to get the shoe, come back. He was still lying on his back and I finished the job. And I'm like, man. That's that's bad. That's well, bad. You, you that is a brutal look. Ruining the reputation. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to take. Some... are washed. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he off. was going to take some. You know, like a hit like that, he would just take it and keep running. But no, chucked it in straight away. Uh, uh, little 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 vinegar got him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not even vinegar. Like this thing, this spray. Like I, I mean, you you spill anything on the countertop, and it takes a million sprays to get this stuff off. <laughs> Cockroaches, a- bang, dead. I mean, they figured it out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What a Colin coward. Get up. Get up, exactly. cockroach. Come on, roach. Are and by have- the way, we're not all like pigs on uh, no dunks here with all these cockroaches in our houses. We're in the south. Oh, man. You got bugs. Uh, and, and you got to get to work. Take care of them like Tass did last night. Good on you. Yeah, now, Tass, would you, would you have gone to bed? Would you have said if he didn't ever came out? You know, if you could have never coaxed him out. But you're just like, all right, you win tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. Or, uh, or, or are you the type of person that's like, I have to get that. I know that bug is here and I have to kill it for you. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. Uh, generally, I would wait. I'd yeah. wait him out. I wouldn't be able to go to bed. Uh, but I think I would take the, my last resort would be put that plant outside. Mm. And, uh, right. If, if, I, if I'm able to move it, uh, because I have done that before. Because in those, that double walled plant has caused me some problems. I'm mm. just throwing it outside. So that's the the midway point. Yeah, you know okay, what I that's mean? good. Yep. Yeah, it's like a tr- it's like a truce at that point. Right, right. but you're going outside. I don't know the, the the cockroaches Lee lives with are a lot softer than my cockroaches. Mine are yeah. mine are tough. Mine are made tough. They're Ford. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I didn't want to call them cockroaches for the longest time because it, that I guess maybe because it's similar to what Lee's saying. It takes them to another level of disgustingness. Yep. I called them beetles for a long time, mm. uh, but uh, I, I've come to terms with it. They're cockroaches. That's what uh, they down are. here they call them palmetto bugs. What kind yeah. of branding is that? Yeah. <laughs> That's when it all turned for cockroaches, Lee. Once they started going by palmetto bugs soft yeah. but but you're right like again it is different than a you know a cockroach in the big city right and smoking a cigarette <laughs> and, and, and it's literally saying i'm walking here those those bugs to me could survive what you're talking about lee but these palmetto bugs down here they are they're yeah. they are generally pretty damn slow and stupid and soft you know? <laughs> well, the, yeah are. i mean right when i see them in the house and they and you catch them they, they're pretty quick you know to scurry away 
But uh, I, I see, just, I find just, them really slow down here uh, because they're, they're usually dumb. Like they're, yeah. they're confused. Yeah. Also, yeah. There's different ones. I remember growing up in Toronto <laughs> in crappy apartments with bugs. And that was scary. That's like to flick the lights on and, and yeah, like, oh, good yeah, luck oh, catching. Yeah. You're not catching those. Yeah. These ones, you're like, see it. Tess sees it. And like, okay, well, I can probably kill that. Like, I've had that too, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially uh, doing our late shows where we're doing some bubble wrap shows. I've had to turn the light on and I've found a few. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I got a few fourth quarter kills. <laughs> Bang! Right, Trey? Bang! <laughs> oh, I love that idea now. Mike Breen. Yeah, you've got to do a TikTok video of that now, Tass, of you just going killing them with Mike Breen That's underneath. That's funny. <laughs> bang! He knocks it down. <laughs> I can get a double bang. I can get a double bang. Two shoes. I got two different kids. I can put a shoe in each hand. Double bang. Bang! Bang! <laughs> Only the third time in Mike Breen's history that he's ever pulled out. Or no, he's done it three times. Three right? times. Yeah. He did it with right. Eric Gordon once. <laughs> Everybody forgets that one. Uh, I, I think I maybe shared this story before, but living in Toronto, I was living with my buddy Kieran, and there was a mouse in the house. Mm. And he once, he once threw... What, was uh, he posting you up? <laughs> no. He once threw uh, like a, a three-hole punch. Like we saw it upstairs and it was ripping down the hallway. He just grabbed what was ever closest to him, which was oddly a three-hole punch. You remember those? Yeah. And some weight to them, those yeah. things. And he just chucked it in the yeah. hallway, smoked it. Really? Just straight smoked the mouse. <laughs> done. Wow. Instantaneously yeah. died. Uh, oh, and we were just yet. like, Whoa! We with no it. regard for rodent life. <laughs> <laughs> Give me roaches over mice, though, any day. Mice oh, are yeah. just yeah. roaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Let's call it there, guys. Yeah. Keep your emails and your comments coming for our hey, next Yeah, uh, before feature. you go, I've oh, got okay. a photo there from JD from uh, there it is, New Year's oh Eve in God. New York City. There. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> How do you have Who are you? Uh, it's with one of New York's finest there. Oh, I had to get a photo with a cop. See, I've got a cigar in my hand as well because you weren't allowed to drink alcohol out on the street. So I had to get, a, uh, I had to get something. So I got the cigar ready. So uh, that was my night watching the ball drop. Wow, look at that photo. You got the glasses and everything? Yeah, that, oh, yeah. yeah. Or what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was freezing, but. Got uh, the yeah. Costanza jacket? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I bought that specially for New York because I was like, it's going to be so cold there. It was. I mean, he's got a bulletproof vest underneath yeah, it. He's exactly. All freaked yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, matches to light your cigar grossly. Yeah. You don't light it with sulfur, my man. Yeah, no, but the matches was more like a stylish thing, you know? You want to light it up and, yeah. Yeah. So what? So the the ball dropped and you lit up your stogie? Like... I think I lit it up just before, actually, yeah. I think I've got another photo of me. What year was this? This was 1998. 1998 to 1999, yeah. Oh, going into 99? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, I wish we had Instagram back then. The stories would have been lit that night. (laughs) <laughs> just like that stogie yeah alright keep your emails and your comments coming for our next Beach Steppin' Podcast they're always a little wild aren't they email us your questions and cues or comments excuse me to nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc if you haven't already subscribe to The Athletic like I said a dollar a month go to theathletic.com slash nodunks to take advantage of that offer finally if you guys listen to No Dunks on iTunes on Apple Podcasts leave your boys a five star rating and review Trey uh start of the month right coming up what tomorrow is october yeah i couldn't believe it i was uh you know just going through the reviews as i do stroking the ego uh <laughs> and i realized oh wait it's actually gonna be october here pretty soon uh so yeah get your reviews in now five stars only we'll pick the best five and we'll read them on a friday 
Excellent, excellent stuff. Clipper Bros, you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Gonna finish it with a comment here. Going back to that question, what is something you love for its secondary entertainment value from Schmoopaloop? Watched the Raptors for almost 20 years there, but it wasn't for the basketball. LOL. Been there, Schmoopaloop. Totally. Nobody wanted to watch that basketball for a long time. That's called Fandom Schmoopaloop. It's really fun to say that. That's a great name. Embrace the day, people. You could-